Personality Matters is brought to you by WorkStyle, the lightweight app that teaches employees how to identify, understand, and connect with the different personalities around them in just five minutes of fun training a day. Make your customers love working with you and your employees love working for you with WorkStyle. Visit work.style to learn more or to request a demo. And now, here's the host of Personality Matters, Sheila Lothian. I'm Sheila Lothian, and in today's episode, we're going to dive into a topic that touches our lives in some big remote ways and in some very personal day-to-day ways. I'm talking about leadership. Now, leadership is something that's really top of mind for people right now as we're in the midst of a presidential election. We're down to two candidates, candidates with very different personalities, I should add. And we're all wondering what kind of leader each one would be and how that's going to influence the direction of the country and the world. But leadership and how people behave as leaders is also something that touches us on a daily basis in our jobs. That's true whether we're part of a team answerable to a supervisor or a manager or heading up a team ourselves. And the quality of that leadership dynamic has a huge impact on how well we do our jobs, how happy we are at work, and ultimately the success of a business. So today, we want to look at what it means to be a good leader and give you some personality-based ways to make your interactions as a leader or with a leader smoother, more pleasant, and more productive. With me to do that is Mattersite's Chief People Officer and Resident Personality Expert, Melissa Moore. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you, Sheila, for having me. (laughs) Leadership is one of my favorite topics. I'm thrilled to be here to talk about it today. We're glad you're here, and you are a great leader, so you have a lot to share on this subject. And Melissa, to get this conversation started, I want to share with our listeners an article that I think you shared with me not too long ago. The title is 10 Bad Boss Behaviors That Employees Utterly Hate. And let me just read a couple of these. My boss doesn't ask about my life outside of work. 23% of respondents complained about this particular boss behavior. Here's another one. My boss doesn't give clear directions. 57% of the people polled had this complaint. My boss doesn't recognize employee achievements. This was an issue for 63% of the respondents to this particular poll. So what's really going on here? Are these just terrible leaders or is there something else at play? I think what's really going on here is the people want different things from their leaders. They have very specific psychological needs that map directly to their personality style. When those needs aren't met, things can go very badly very quickly. And it happens all the time in the workplace. Let's take they don't give clear directions. Now that's the need of an organizer. These people are very structured. They value their ability to use their time effectively, and they need recognition of that ability. It's kind of their way of knowing that they're doing a good job. It's that acknowledgement that that they really are working hard. A leader who doesn't provide clear direction is not helping an organizer structure their time. They're not structuring their work. They don't know what is happening, and they don't know when something's due or how to perform at their highest abilities. So when they don't get that signal, they don't know how to respond. And they'll flounder. Because for an organizer, it just becomes chaos. It's interesting when you said that they don't ask about my life outside of work. For a connector, they need to be seen as a whole person. They need to know that they're important to their manager, to their boss. They need to know that their leader 
thinks of them not just as an employee, but as a really important component of their team, of their life, that it makes a difference that they themselves are, are present. So if a leader doesn't acknowledge them as a person, then they don't feel that they're part of the team. Mm -hmm. Their work, work will suffer, and all they want to do is be part of the team and work really hard for you. The 63% about my boss doesn't recognize employee achievements, that's really problematic. 63% is over half of your workforce yeah. doesn't feel acknowledged. What they're looking for is just that their work means something. A lot of times this is the advisor. They want their values to be appreciated. They want people to know that they're making a difference and that their contributions actually impact the organization on a whole. When we think about workplace conflicts and conflicts with leaders, people often say, oh, it's a personality conflict. And in fact, it is a personality conflict is what this is telling us. And you know, what's interesting as you look at these is it really is about language. And in these responses, you see that people aren't hearing the language that meets their personality needs. Exactly. I mean, have you ever walked out of a meeting that you know was a motivational meeting, yet you feel so demotivated? <laughs> it's, it happens to all of us. Yeah. And it's just because the language used, we don't understand it. It wasn't a connection. So for the connector, if you can say, you all got your work in on time. So everyone gets 100%. Your work was on time, and it was completely accurate. Well, for connector, that really doesn't mean anything. That's nice. That's my job. Of course I did that. So the best thing to say to a connector would be, you got all your reports in on time. Thank you. You make my job so much easier knowing that we're working together. It was an effort across the board. If you tell me I helped someone else get their work in on time, best thing in the world for a connector. And so it's really about saying it in the way that someone understands it. Because for an organizer to hear everyone, you know, you did your work on time and that was great. That's probably going to be a really fulfilling Best thing, thing you could say to them. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a gold star. And that gold star means something different to everyone. Right. And, you know, this is really a two-way street because leaders have personalities too. So a boss can probably think that they're telling you, you did a great job or we're happy you're on the team or whatever it is that's the thing that's going to make you feel like a valued member. But if you're not hearing it in the literal words that resonate with you, it's not going to be meaningful to you. It's interesting. I look back at my early career and I realized that I would always give my teams the very best stuff that I had. And I would tell them how important they were the organization and how, you know, we did this impossible goal and, and it's the greatest thing in the world. And I realized looking back, I missed so many opportunities with people yeah. because I didn't give the organizer the specific accomplishment that they did. I didn't take the time with the connector to let them know that they were most important to me. Yeah. To the original, I didn't take the time to give them a high five right. to say, this was awesome. You were, you're cool. You know, it was just an incredible experience. Yeah. And I think that for leaders, if we can recognize what people want and then we can build it into the day that I walk over to my connector at some point and just say, how are you today? And I take the time to listen. I walk by that original, give them a high five. We exchange a smile. They're energized, I'm energized. We walk on throughout the day. Taking that time is really important. But conversely, what you just said, that it's a two-way street. So employees have to think about the relationship as well. What do I want from my leader? Yeah. And how am I going to go about getting that?
So if you work for an advisor, showing respect, very, very key for an organizer, making sure that you do get your work in on time. I'm going to give you a personal example. So years ago, I began to work more closely with our CEO. He's an organizer. I would see him in the hallway. He would ask me, how are things going? I would say, great, we're on track. Everything's good. Because in my world, he gave me a job to do. So of course, I'm doing it, and I will do it to the best of my ability. I committed to doing it. We didn't develop a very strong relationship. And one day I'm coming to work and I'm thinking, Melissa, use the model. (laughs) And I realized as an organizer, I wasn't giving him any data points. So on the bus in the morning, I would think about what are the three things that I will say to Kelly today. And sure enough, later that week, Kelly stops me and he says, how are things going? I said, Kelly, great. One, two, three. I gave him three bullet points. For the first time, he actually looked at me, he smiled, he thanked me, and he walked away. (laughs) So I gave him what he needed, and our relationship began to change. So it is a two-way street, and as an employee, I want to advance, which means I have to be aware of how to do that. Right, and even if only one of the two people involved is taking that street, the relationship is still going to be improved because you're meeting their needs and... That's going to make them feel better. And you're going to understand what's going on on the other end of that conversation. And even just that understanding, I think, can really help things go more smoothly. It happens to us all the time. We're used to doing it in personal relationships where we take the high road. Mm -hmm. We'll tell our friends about it later. But it's the same at work. It's recognizing what's important and why is it important to us. And each of the personality styles will apply it in a different way. Let me ask you, is there a particular personality style that makes a better leader or is more inclined towards leadership? You know, this is a question I get asked a a lot. And I I think it's great that people are thinking about it in those terms. You open this podcast talking about the presidential election, two very different candidates. Mm -hmm. So clearly, the answer is yes, there are different leadership styles. And what we see in election, if we could vote for our leaders in, in business, we'd see it too, is that people want different leaders based upon what's important to them. Yeah. So looking for that match, we have leaders that have different personality styles and have different behaviors associated with each of them. An advisor is going to want to work for a leader that really believes in the future of the company, who's passionate, who has a vision and shares that vision with people. An organizer wants a plan. They want somebody who's methodical, who lays out specific goals because they're most comfortable in that environment. A connector wants unconditional love. They want an environment that is all about the team. It's about social. It's about working very hard, but it's about having that friendship, if you will. Mm. You'll ask some employees, what do you like about working here? And they say, "It's I feel like it's family. Mm-hmm. Those are our connectors. That's what they want from their leadership. So the answer to the question, do some styles make better leaders, is it really depends on the organization and the people in it and what they want. It really does. And I think we see it between very established companies. If you take a PNC company, you know, an insurance company, say you're in good hands, they hold very different values than, say, a Google or Mm -hmm. a Facebook, a new creative company that really values themselves by looking not like any other company. Well, their leadership is going to be different because that's how they're establishing their persona to the outside world. But if you're known for being more sedate, you're being responsible organization, 
then you're going to look for different types of, of leadership. Right, right. And different people will be successful in some environments. So you take an original or a doer. They're more successful in that startup environment. The original thinks outside the box. So as a leader, they're the one putting the slide in from the second floor to the, the first mm-hmm. floor because it's fun, it's different, and, and it makes them laugh. They're creating a different environment. They're creating their vision. Yeah. A doer makes things happen. Think about Mark Cuban. I was just speaking with somebody the other day, and he went to see one of the movies produced by Mark Cuban's company, and you could buy the DVD at that point of sale. That's a doer. Make it happen. Seize the opportunity. That's a different type of leadership than Southwest Airlines. Herb Keller, loved by all their employees. You know that he spent time thinking about the employees, connecting with the employees. And they really loved that and responded well to it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Such completely different personalities, very, very successful leaders, very successful businesses um, when they're at their best. It, it really is. And I think that the companies that we've seen succeed the most is when a leadership team has all the personalities on them or a good representation of the employees mm-hmm. because then they're thinking as a team, about what the employees and the customers need. Right. Because let's remember, the customers benefit from the leadership team as well. Right. So the leadership team has to make decisions knowing that their customer is more than one personality style. Right. All right, Melissa, so what are three things that our listeners can do tomorrow at work to either be a more effective leader themselves or to work more effectively with the leaders they interact with, their boss, their supervisor, their manager? No matter what position you're in, it really comes down to the same thing. It's listening to what the other person is saying, but most importantly, listening to how they're saying it. People often try to mirror others as a way to connect with them, and it's really not about mirroring. It's about listening and responding authentically Mm -hmm. to what someone is saying. That's what creates this connection between two people. So number one, I recommend people try to identify someone's personality style. You don't need to be an expert in the model. What you need to think about is, who are they like in my personal life? Oh. You know, is this like my my middle daughter? Or that really reminds me of my brother. That really reminds me of, of Uncle Bob. And when we think about what those people that we know need from us in order for us to connect, it's much easier to actually make that connection because we know whether to be personable or to not be personable. I was at an organization not long ago, six advisors on the leadership team and one connector. And to prove my point at one point, I actually walked up to one of the advisors and said, thank you so much for inviting me here today. I'm having a wonderful time. And I reached out to hug her. She actually stepped back from me (laughs) because she didn't hear my words. She just saw me coming in for a hug, which (laughs) was not her way of connecting with people. But the rest of the team, they all sat there and said, I get it. We weren't listening to the words. We didn't hear that clue. Yeah. Because as a leader, if that's what's coming, you embrace it and you hug back. Right. So it's really listening to the language, trying to figure out how do I connect best with that person. You know, this piece of giving back what you get is, is probably the, the second point. So after we listen to that language, how do we give it back to them? And it can be in a physical move or it can just be through that language. And I think the easiest way to explain it to people, if I ask you, what's the weather for this weekend? 
and you respond to me in Spanish, I'm not going to have any idea what you said. For the organizer who says, what's the weather for this weekend? They're trying to plan. They need to pack. Do I wear shorts? Do I wear long pants? Do I take an umbrella? Do I take a jacket? They need specifics. So when you say, it's going to be an absolutely beautiful summer weekend. Not helpful. Not helpful <laughs> at all. Exactly. But if I come back and say, it's going to be 76 degrees with a 20% chance of rain, which by the way, is the perfect summer weekend, they get it now because you gave them the specifics. Yeah. So you really have to take that time to respond back. And I think the third piece, and this, this one's a little more difficult. It's really paying attention to when someone is struggling, when they're in trouble. In the model, we call it distress. And we'll see very specific patterns from people. An organizer, we will see them over detail. They will give us many more words than necessary. For a connector, we'll see them over-accommodate. We'll see them apologize for things they did not do. We will see the original begin to just make more outrageous comments or just do something to kind of make people take notice and not take things so seriously. In times like that, it's even more important to pay attention to those flag-waving ceremonies, turn around and give them what they need. And you don't have to be right all the time. Mm -hmm. Because if I can narrow it down, I have a much better chance of making it happen. And people respond very well. You can be close, because so often people are so far away Right. from actually making that connection. Right. And you know when someone's making an effort. Yeah. So whether it's leadership, whether it's colleagues, whether it's at home, right. those three steps can really make a big difference in connecting. What you said about not mirroring, I think is interesting because it's not about doing something that's uncomfortable for you in your personality style. So it's about giving them what they need in a way they feel and know that it's a genuine gesture. And I think you just hit upon something really important. If we had the capacity, if we knew that someone needed something from us, very few of us would not give it. Mm -hmm. But we have so much going on in our own lives, sometimes we just don't notice when someone else needs something because we're trying to get our own needs met. Right. And we're not being heard. And when we take that time, it's, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah. I think that's where good leadership starts. And I think that that's where it grows. This is fantastic. I think people are going to head into work tomorrow with a whole new outlook on things. And as we know here, we see it every day when people start connecting at that level of personality. It's really, it, it, the effect is really immediate. It's really kind of instant. It can just be a moment of connection. It doesn't have to be a long conversation or it can be a high five. It can be an arm around the shoulder. It can be a thank you for all you do to contribute to this company. And it doesn't have to be ongoing. Once you establish that relationship, then you get to be a little freer. You can be yourself because there's already that understanding. Because they know. The other person knows exactly. that you you get it. Yeah. It's, it becomes a much more forgiving environment as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. So listen to not what's being said, but how it's being said. Give back what you get and watch out for distress three things that you can do tomorrow to make your relationships as a leader or with a leader better. This concludes this episode of Personality Matters. I'd like to thank Melissa Moore 
for being here with us today and lending her us her expertise on the subject of leadership and personality and how we can improve those relationships. You have been listening to Personality Matters with Sheila Lothian. To learn more about the power of positive personality connections, visit us online at mattersite.com. Thank you.